Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. Hey everybody, happy Sunday morning here. Uh, this is Ask a Painter Live. I am Nick Slavic. I'm the proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I am also the host of this show, Ask a Painter Live. It is a weekly live social media show where we talk about the life of a master craftsperson, paint business entrepreneurship, and today, coding and uh, painting techniques, things like that, specifically fall considerations. So Minnesota is a great example of um, things you have to do specific in the fall. And today is a great example of a day where you have to take specific things uh, into consideration when you do some fall painting. Uh, done right, you can extend your season greatly. Done wrong, you can actually get a lot of callbacks and actually ruin a lot of houses uh, painting in the fall. So today we're going to talk about some of um, the weather considerations, uh, the business considerations, and of course we're going to go through my favorite tools, uh, uh, painting, caulking, things like that, uh, just to give you a quick refresh on that fall stuff. So um, without spending too much time, I do have to mention uh, the Painting Contractors Association, the PCA. Uh, the PCA is a 140-year-old nonprofit. Its motto is to build better contractors. I am the board chair of that organization, and I live that life. I am here to build better contractors because people have, have helped me build a better contracting business in that organization. There's a whole bunch of events coming up here. Uh, the 29th of this month, two great events. I'm a little biased, but I have a master's class in Southern California with my friends at Surf Prep. Also, this is um, the industries and the PCA's first all-Spanish-speaking conference coming up on the 29th of September in Florida. Um, uh, if I did not have a master's class going on in SoCal, we arranged these about nine months in, uh, in advance. I would be there 100%. But all my friends will be there. Uh, Tanner Mullen will be there. Juan Vasquez and all his crew and everything leading that up. It's going to be an amazing event, all Spanish-speaking event for our industry, and that is only the tip of the iceberg. More to follow. Uh, there is also a Women in Paint conference. There's a commercial painting conference in Nashville, which I will be there for both of those. That's going to be an amazing thing. If you've ever thought about getting into commercial work, that is an amazing place. My company does more and more. I'm going there to learn from the best commercial contractors in the country on how I can do that. And then, of course, there is the contractor reboot conference in Seattle uh, a little later this year, and then our Super Bowl, the PCA Expo. So, all right, without any further ado, let's talk about some fall painting considerations. Number one, I want to thank our friends at Purdy. Uh, you guys know that uh, I am a Purdy business. I've been a Purdy business for 15 years. Uh, Purdy has always been a champion of me, Ask a Painter Live, and what we do. And today, this show uh, is brought to you by Purdy. Uh, Purdy comes to me a couple times a year and they say, Nick, we know you do this. <laughs> we know you're a master craftsperson. We know you've thought about this a lot. Go through our catalog and we'll give you some parameters. Let's talk about fall painting. Go through your catalog, go through your business, go through your SOPs, and show what kind of purdy things that you use there. And I have all of it laid out here in my purdy toolboxes. I'm going to show you guys all that. I even have my little apprentice Pookie over here waiting, and she's going to do some painting with me. Uh, this is an example of a of a potential fall project that, like we do. This is a shed uh, that we would repaint. Uh, we're going to talk about some other considerations. But number one, 
Uh, first off, thank you to Purdy. We do appreciate you. The entire industry appreciates you. Uh, number two, let's talk about some considerations outside of the actual painting and caulking and things like that. Number one, fall in the upper Midwest, we got about five good months of nice dry weather, right? If, as long as we have a dry year. We start getting into the shoulder seasons, that April, early May, that September, early October, where it gets cool at night, warm in the day. If dew points start fluctuating up and down, what can happen is we can get a very, very wet soaking dew morning and we can get a nice dry day. Like right now, it's great. The dew is burned off. It's a beautiful day. It's going to be 70, arguably some of the best painting weather you can get problem is if you're ducking down into those 50s and sometimes even 40s at night and you're painting into the evening you can run into some big problems the biggest consideration to take into account uh, when fall painting besides the tools besides the caulking besides any of the painting techniques is you don't want to set yourself up for any paint failures and one of the biggest things that can happen one of the biggest paint failures that can happen uh, in fall or spring weather is something called surfactant leaching so surfactant is a thing in paint it's a part of the paint it's a chemical and the problem is if you paint a house very early in the morning very late in the day or even during the day on a cool day if that paint does not set up and dry and cure in time if that paint stays wet for a very very long time the the parts of the paint the components can actually separate and the paint may eventually dry but what you'll find is this oily kind of substance uh, you'll see it kind of sagging and you may not see it directly but when you look at from the side you actually see kind of this sagging or weeping or sometimes dew can have that effect if you touch it sometimes Sometimes it can even feel greasy uh, or oily like that. The interesting thing is to, to test if you have surfactant leaching, uh, you can actually spray it with a hose or scrub it and it will actually suds up. Surfactant at its base is a chemical soap. So here's the deal. It's not the end of the world if you get surfactant leaching. Uh, I have seen this in one extreme way in my 31 years. Um, you can exacerbate this problem with dark colors, uh, really dark colors, very slow drying paints, things like this. Um, I want to say it was maybe 15 or 20 years ago. I was painting a dark navy blue house, and it was a very cool morning. It was probably 41, 42 degrees. The air was just completely stagnant, no air movement at all, and it only got to about 49, 50, 51 during the day. And uh, I painted this house by hand. It was a you know 1950s uh, two-story house, nice wide redwood siding. I had painted the outside of this house um, all by hand. By mid-afternoon, I had painted the entire house by hand, one coat, and the original, the first side I did wasn't dry yet. That tells you how cool and how humid. The dew point was very high, and, and the dew point, when the, when the dew point reaches that temperature, uh, let's say the dew point is 51, and it's 50, 50 or 51 degrees out, the dew will actually fall out of the air and land on stuff. So it was very dewy, it was very humid. The next day, I saw that oily substance, that surfactant leaching, come out of it. Now, I that I was very early on in my uh, in my contracting career. I was a good painter, but I hadn't had the data points and the life experience that I do now. So now I know. I look back at that and I say, super cool day. I was messing with the bad um, uh, dew points like that. I was using a very thick, slow drying paint, and it was a very dark color, which exacerbates that drying time. So of course, I got surfactant leaching. And what I did on this house was I washed it over and over and over again. So. I've seen this maybe half a dozen times in my professional career, surfactant leaching. The good part is it doesn't actually cause the paint to fail. It's just something on the surface. And with enough washing, with enough care, and sometimes just leaving it alone and letting the weather take care of it will take care of it as well too. But I will say this, clients don't like it. I don't like it either. And, there, and a, 
coming up to your client and say, hey, you know, your house is covered with this oily substance and uh, just leave it be. Everything's going to be fine. That's not a great solution to that. So I work with my paint rep for a solution. Sometimes what we'll do is wash and repaint. Sometimes we'll just wash and sometimes it goes away on its own with enough rain and sun and, and uh, you know, ecosystem and things like that. So number one, you got to be careful with those considerations there. So you're looking for those shoulder seasons, you're looking for cool weather, you're looking for humid weather, you're looking for dew points and temperatures to be about the same, and you have to be careful about that nighttime temp as well. That Those situations will, um, will, will up the proclivity for uh, surfactant leaching. Now, uh, nighttime temp considerations. We gotta be careful with that here in Minnesota because it snowed in May and it snowed in October and, and even September in some years. So we get those weird weather fluctuations. Number one, most of the paint that we use, especially when you get into some of the paints specifically made for this sort of thing, like Latitude and things like that, um, it, they're rated down to 35 degrees, which is fine. But remember, if at 5 p.m. it's 36, at 6 p.m. it's 34. You don't want to be painting there and have the temperature declining like that. If the temperature is 36, 37, 38 in the morning and it's rising throughout the day, starting there might be okay. But for me, we usually stop our exterior painting season when the nighttime temps get below 40 steadily like that. Again, even if you can paint, doesn't always necessarily mean you should. Uh, but this show is dedicated to what if you have to, what if you're going to, and how can you extend that season, do good value for your clients, and take care of your business as well too. So uh, that's the main consideration is that dew and that temperature uh, and things like that. But fall is the perfect time. Um, in, in the marketing side of the business, we see the double hump, the double camel hump sort of demand curve every year. In May in the upper Midwest, we get a huge amount of demand. And then in September, we get a huge amount of demand. May is obvious because everybody's coming outside, they're looking at their house, they want to get these projects done, they're enthusiastic. Why September is there a big demand? Because everybody has enjoyed the beautiful Minnesota summer, nothing has got done, that deck hasn't got stained, that shed hasn't got painted, and now it's go time. So we get a huge amount of demand right now. We're probably getting between 40 and 60 leads a week for people trying to wrap up some last minute things here. So. Um, you don't have to paint in the fall, but man, when we get this much demand, it's nice to extend that season as far as we can. So here in the upper Midwest, September is really good sort of painting weather like that. You run into some issues with decks and things like that, just because the dew falls flat in them. Uh, once in a while, we can get into October. Uh, it'd be great to get to uh, October 31st every year, but that's really wishful thinking, uh, especially where we're from here. So yeah, it's just one of those, like those are the fall considerations. Take it from somebody who has done this a very, very long time. Don't put yourself in a position where you do everything right and the temp is just wrong and then you have surfactant leaching and then you have to deal with that on a house like that. So number one, that is the sort of fall considerations. Number two, if you're gonna paint into the fall, you can choose a bunch of different paints too. There's a whole bunch of specific paints made for the high temps, the low temps, the humidity and things like that taken into consideration. You also wanna take into consideration how you paint, where you paint. Uh, typically, in the heat of the summer, we like to chase the shade around the house. Uh, in the fall and the spring, you may wanna chase the sun around the house. You may wanna start on the south side of a house in the upper Midwest where the sun's with you and then follow it around that way or even the east, south, west, sort of that thing so that the sun aids in that drying and that skinning off and that curing of the paint so you don't get surfactant leaching. So, all right, I see Pookie here. She's almost ready to paint. We need to go through a couple of my favorite uh, tools and stuff for this sort of thing. Um, number one, before we get into the actual painting part, um, you can get some, uh, if you're out there caulking, caulking takes a while to dry anyway. And the one thing you have to be really careful for in the fall is uh, if you use a very slow drying caulking or rubbery caulking, sometimes it can be a week before it really dries enough where you can paint it. 
or you paint over the caulking and the caulk cures differently than the paint, then you get cracking. So a lot of times what we do is use a fast drying caulking. So this one happens to be an all pro version of this, but every great company makes a version of this. Every paint store has one. You may consider going to a fast dry caulking just so you can get it cured up in time enough so that uh, you can actually paint over it like that. And especially if you were to turn a white shed like this into navy blue, one of the problems you can get is when you do caulk a lot of the battens or the seams or things like that in a white caulking and then do navy blue over it. If those cure at the wrong rate, uh, the paint will actually uh, alligator up on it and you'll be able to see white caulking through it. You can imagine on a project like this where there is literally two linear miles of caulking on every one of these battens and stuff like that that needs to be done, you can uh, you can put yourself in for another repaint. And it is, uh, it's not time unintensive uh, to redo all that stuff. So that is one of the big things there to uh, use a fast dry caulking like that. Um, now, when you actually go to repaint uh, with exterior stuff, uh, you have a choice, right? Most of our exteriors are sprayed. And I can get to any of your questions here too, guys, if you have anything here. Do, 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 do. Ah, I like your shirt, Nicks. Who makes them? Uh, yeah, so I do I do a combination of Carhartt stuff off the internet, things like that. This one happens to be a Pudola, uh, like that, but they're quick dry. They got the vents on them like that, and then I get them embroidered. They're super nice, but uh, they breathe really, really easily, and they give you a lot of flex. So, all right, most of our exteriors are sprayed, right? In the fall, you have to be a little careful with this because a sprayer and humans tend to put on more paint with a sprayer. The, the proclivity to put on more paint, right? Paint is specced at a certain wet mill and dry mill, but I know myself, I know painters, it's a heck of a lot easier to put on more paint with a sprayer. So, when I say that, that should trigger in your mind, we're already talking about potential surfactant leaching, dry time issues due and things like that. You might have to be careful with using a sprayer in the fall. You may wanna to switch to some hand finishing as well too, just to make sure that you're applying the proper amount of paint, but not overly applying so that it actually dries in time like that. So um, any question you guys have, comments you got about fall painting or anything else, I'll get to that here. I'm gonna run through some of my favorite tools, as you guys know from watching me a long time. And then Pookie is gonna join me and we're actually gonna do a little painting on our shed here like that. I'll show you a little technique here uh, for some fall painting stuff. So number one, uh, brush and roll is probably gonna be the way to go with this. Now with that, with that, you have lots of options, which are nine inch versions, 14 inch versions, 18 inch versions. I have two options here for you because typically I haven't found many houses, at least where I live, where you can use an 18 inch roller on the siding, right? It just doesn't happen that we have that much wide open space like walls in a house. So nine is typically the biggest and we don't use it that often, but I thought it'd be a great example because especially on a board and batten shed like this, we have, wide enough spaces where a nine inch roller would absolutely work for something like this. So obviously the purdy frame with the aluminum, it's super light. And what I love about these things is I know we've all used um, roller frames before that you really get to wrenching on them and they bend and they flex and things like that. Uh, that doesn't happen with these things here. You can really put some muscle into these things, work with them. Uh, and especially if you're going to couple it with, you know, an extension pole like this too, you can really get some leverage going on these things and you do not want that thing uh, to deform and things like that. And these start, I mean, especially with like the fiberglass uh, and the aluminum and stuff like this uh, and outside, you can really put some pressure into stuff if you're doing stucco or, uh, you know, LP stuff like this with some with some pretty big texture in it so uh as far as 
roller covers go. Uh, there's two different main types here, uh, the woven and stuff. And typically what I like is um, for interiors, you're, you're never going to go wrong with the white doves. You can certainly use things like white doves and Colossus and everything outside. But when you can, uh, the marathons to me, uh, these are super tough. Um, they stay springy, which is good because when you're really wrenching on them, when you're really applying that pressure, getting paint on there, especially on stucco and then things with texture like this, uh, man, they, they stay puffed up so that they can get in there. Some of the more delicate interior ones, they will work out here, but they're not the perfect tool for the job. So um, three quarter, typically, I know what I really like about marathons is you can still get them in an inch and a quarter, the big fluffy ones like that. Now, for stucco, great. It's it, it would probably be overkill for just wood grained uh, LP siding or hardy board and stuff like that. But these things are go to, and they just go forever. They stay springy, and they fill in all the pores and stuff too. Now, especially for this little shed project, you're looking at this thing, and we're seeing these small little sections up here. We're seeing small things here. We're seeing pieces of trim, ins and outs. Nine will do a lot of this, but especially on the front of this, there's not a whole bunch of these big nine inch bays on the board and batten. So then we go to our little buddy. This is basically the the little brother or sister to this guy here. You can get that same sort of stiff frame, that ease of use like this, good rolling. And then you can get the same, you can get the same roller covers, the, the little marathons, uh, the jumbo mini rollers. So, and these things, uh, again, super stiff, they stay springy, they apply a lot of paint. And uh, here, I'll open one of these up here for you. Let me just get this guy going. And what's good about these guys too, especially when we're doing exterior stuff, um, Nice and fluffy. I like these little fluffy guys too for the exterior stuff. You can apply such a ton of paint on these things. So stiff core and tapered here. So you're not getting a whole bunch of that, uh, you know, worms in the paint, but especially with exterior stuff, you can see uh, the outer edge, the butt, the part that's not attached to the frame there is covered uh, with that fabric as well too. So that especially when you're getting into like battens and stuff like this, you can be filling in a lot of those cracks like that, which is a super good uh, uh, technique there. Now interior walls, that stuff will leave a little bit of texture on the wall. But when you're doing exterior stuff like this, that's super helpful because you can be just slathering that paint in there, uh, covering all this stuff, filling all the cracks. And of course, that is why we do a lot of this fall painting to batten down the hatches so that bugs and water and things don't get in here. So, all right, we have our little rollers. We have our big rollers. Let's talk about brushes here too. So uh, you guys know that I do, uh, oh, here, Pookie, careful, I'm touching the ladder. We're moving the camera, okay? All right, so um, now when we talk about uh, different brushes and stuff to use, a uh, couple different considerations here. Now, one old painter's technique and trick is uh, uh, back in the day of oil paint and oil stain and things like that, uh, oil is actually um, more conducive to cold weather than water-based paint. It, it doesn't technically freeze. So if you really have to go late season painting, you can switch to an oil-based stain, oil-based paint, things like that. But the, um, the availability of that stuff is going down. And also I would say if you're out there and you're messing around with freezing temps and painting something, maybe you should just not, or just may, wait till next year. But if you really have to get out there and stain a deck late season, anything oil, elkid, or solvent based, uh, my go-to is either the black or the white bristle. I have a white bristle here for you today, uh, a natural bristle, a hog bristle, like that from Purdy. That's always good there. Now, 
with anything oil or solvent based, I do like the natural bristle. Uh, they're actually hollow, so they will soak in uh, the coatings like that and they won't spit as much. So um, there's lots of good brushes, but if you use the thing for the wrong, uh, if you use the wrong brush for the wrong technique, you're gonna run into some weird unintended consequences. So if you were to take like, we have a little cub brush here with the nylon stuff, this will certainly work for oil-based paints and stuff, but if you have like a deck stain that's a little thinner, what you might run into is it kind of spitting. Like you come to the end of a deck board like this and a bristle flicks like that and there might be a tiny little droplet of oil stain going onto the house. Um, the likelihood of that happening with a natural is not as high. So that's why we use those for those. It's just, again, right product, right tool, right technique, things like that. So especially with that exterior stuff, if you have a small exterior project, the little cub brushes, the Excels, things like that work really, really well. In and out, short handle, you get the same bristles, uh, but just a little more manageable thing. So if you're doing exterior furniture, just little touch-ups on your house, things like that work really, really well. Um, for stucco, for textured stuff, for heavy bodied uh, exterior latex and acrylic paints, uh, the Chinex and the Chinex Elite are really good. And I really like the Chinex Elite too. So these are actually a uh, synthetic uh, China, as you know, synthetic China bristles. So where these are natural hog hair, China bristle stuff like this, this is the synthetic version of them. And they eat, they actually color them uh, to, to approximate those old coatings like that. So this one uh, ends up being a Chinex Elite Dale like this, little longer handle when we go outside. Sometimes it's nice for that extra reach, but otherwise benefit of these are super stiff bristles, right? So when you're pushing around a heavy, heavy based, uh, heavy bodied paint on textured siding, you really want something uh, bristles with a little bit of backbone. Now, especially if it's 42 degrees outside and you're using a heavy bodied acrylic paint, that paint's gonna be a little thicker, a little more viscous than it is when it's 86 degrees outside. So it really, really helps in that regard. And especially when you're, when you're dealing with, uh, you know, you can get your you can get your roller and sometimes it won't apply all the paint that you need in the corner or it won't quite fill in the end grain of LP and things like that. That's when you come back in and you back brush like that to make sure that the, the nail holes and things like that are all filled. So I'm gonna go through a couple questions, uh, see what comments you guys have, and then Pookie and I are gonna do a little bit of painting here too. So give me just a second. Hi there. How are you? No, you can't. All right. So hang tight, Pookie. Let's see if we got any comments, questions, and then we're going to do some painting. All right, man. Thank you everybody for watching this morning. I, uh, I hate to take family time on a Sunday morning, but, uh, I know that people are around watching and, uh, I had a, I had the show all queued up for Friday, uh, and it ended up being a, a rainy day here. So again, fall painting considerations. I had to move the show just like we have to move our jobs uh, from uh, for weather considerations, stuff like that. So Juan Jimenez, how are you? Phil Klein, my good friend from Iowa. Good to see you, my friend. John Ray, good friend from California. Hey, everybody. John Harrell, how you doing, my friend? Uh, <laughs> Uh, Greg O'Donnell, running out of exterior season here in Montana. Yeah, and so this is always an interesting uh, client expectation and client interaction thing because a client right now will say, hey, I want an estimate this week. I want to get my uh, deck done. I want to get my house done this fall. And they'll say, can you still fit it in? And the most unsatisfying conversation we have are, maybe. Uh, it, it largely depends on you being ready, client, our staffing, uh, kids are back in school. Kids are getting sick again. And then also um, uh, weather. Weather is huge. We can we can get another four weeks of exterior painting every year just because of the weather. So really, client, you tell me how ready you are. You tell me how the staffing is going to be. And you tell me what the weather is going to be. And I'll tell you when we can get to your house. That's obviously just, that's not a satisfying answer, but it is true. So <laughs> 
Love that. Uh, Anbro painting. Uh, thank you, Nick Slavic. Painting and restoration. I had this problem in July last year because of the humidity. He's talking about surfactant leaching, I assume, uh, because we were painting a dark color on a house. Yeah, I get you, man. That happens. Travis, how's it going, man? Good to see you. Onyx painting. How are you? Good to see everybody on here this morning. Do, do, do. Surf Prep Sanding is watching. We will see you guys on the 29th. You'll be hosting a master's class. I'm actually bringing my entire family down there, and we're going to hang out, and I can't wait to see everybody there. Gil Lands, good to see you guys this morning. Uh, da, 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 veteran Pro Painter asked about my shirts. Uh, da, 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 great tips. JB Painting. Drew Beninati. Nick. Uh, let's see if I can expand that one. Thank you for the education job. Well done. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate this. And uh, this show is what it is because of all you guys, and I do appreciate it. Aaron Shaver, uh, my protege down in Texas down there. Love seeing you. He's starting up his own business down there. Hats off to the young hard charger, uh, Aaron Shaver, down there. So Jay's Superb Painting, how you doing, man? Ah, da, 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 da. Your paint guru, LLC. You can spray it in the fall if you're good with your gun and pressure. I agree. I agree. You got to be careful that over application. We love spraying and we love laying it on thick. You just have to be a little careful that drying time. Uh, if you get a good dry day, you should be good. Uh, da, 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 da. Thanks everybody for the kind words. It's a beautiful Sunday here. So, uh, Garuncho, Chinex is good. I agree. Just picked up the Chinex and I love it. Joshua, absolutely, man. You can't go wrong with that. So, <laughs> good morning from Galveston. Uh, let's see, uh, Tristan, Scott Meal, what sprayer and tip are you using? So I won't be doing that today. We're talking about hand finishing. Uh, but typically if I was spraying and it was the middle of summer, uh, I actually like 310s and 312s, uh, 311s from Titan, uh, and just a, uh, a Graco 395, a Titan 440, uh, any of that, or an X440, all great. Uh, we, we actually tend to use smaller tips for, uh, for painting outside, uh, just cause we don't like the overspray. So. Oh, here we go. Joshua Dector, what brush do you recommend uh, for beginner painters in cutting? Oh man, hold on a second. This isn't a brush that I, I had originally planned on talking about here, but I think what I can do is show you. You wanna open that one, Pookie? <laughs> Grab that one. Man, I will show you. So, one of my all-time favorite interior cutting brushes is this guy right here, the Purdy Pro Extra Elasco 2.5 inch straight cut. These guys are the staple of my entire business. We use hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these every year. They're amazing brushes. I've used them, I mean, as long as they've been out, uh, I, I want to say 10 plus years now, and uh, they wash easy, they're stiff enough, they got the long handle, they leave a beautiful, beautiful finish on interior walls. So if you're doing interior painting, that is the way to go with that. Uh, good morning from England, AJ, AJW. Joe Finch, how you doing, man? All right, element coatings. Then we're going to get to some painting here, too. Uh, when hiring estimators, did you feel they had to have painting experience, or do you feel comfortable finding... Okay, let's see if I can expand that comment here. Do, 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 do. May not... Ah, element coatings. I have a great data point for you, which is... You can, you, you can sit or stand on this guy if you want. Yeah, there you go. Um, I got a data point for you. I have one person... 
with about the same amount of painting experience as the other person with the same amount of uh, furniture selling. So estimator Andy, about a 15 year master crafts person. Estimator Ian, he comes from 15 plus years of professionally selling furniture and home goods and things like that. Both of them come in and both of them had their pluses and minuses and things that they excelled at and not. And it had less to do with their experience and more to do with their personality types and their developed skills as they learn from their upbringing and things like that. Uh, all I know is that you guys know that I am, I operate under the decent human being theory. And really, I believe any good human can do any of this stuff. Um, it's way more about limiting chaos, finding good coworkers, compensating them properly, keeping people happy and engaged, new challenges. And I think anybody can do just about anything, right? And um, people's success in my business, and I think in other businesses too, as far as I can tell, is about 30% dependent on me, my business, my systems, the way I set up the chessboard, and about 70% them and their personal life. And if they have limited chaos in their personal life, if they have a good base where they have enough, you know, they're climbing Maslow's hierarchy of needs where they can devote some headspace to their job, they do very well. And then that 30% where you can set the chessboard. So uh, element coatings, I'm a firm believer in the decent human being theory, which is any good person can do this. Now, Andy had a leg up with a lot of painting issues, uh, and, and that's what helped him in his role. But uh, he's not selling twice what Ian is uh, based on that painting stuff alone. So pluses and minuses in each. So, all right. And uh, estimating has, uh, which is really interesting, estimating, I want to get to some painting too, because it's a beautiful Sunday morning here with Pookie, and Pookie wants to help here. So um, in, in estimating, it's way more about humans and setting expectations and being a good human to another human, estimator to client than it is painting technique. And if I'm being honest, most of my clients' questions have less to do with painting and more to do with my business and not being taken advantage of and being trustworthy and things like that. So good morning, everybody. Keep up. A uh, little connection issue back on board. Robert Galensky, how you doing, my friend? Hey, look at all the birds. Oh, we got lots of birds flying around. I'm trying to get to the end of the comments here. Uh, we got so many this morning. Oh man, Robert Galinsky. I remember the day the, br the blue bristle brush came out. I would, I should ask Purdy when that came out. Uh, Robert, do you remember when that was? I've been using these longer. I mean, I, I've been using Purdy and, and these brushes so long. I don't even remember using another brush. So that's how long it's been. <laughs> uh, Marvin Joel's. A family of mice or something. Papo de Pintor, my good friends from Brazil. Uh, Bogia, my friends. Joshua, thank you for your response. God blessings, Rayo painting. Uh, Patrick Rolfing, and then we're going to start painting. Is there a point of the year where you should switch from duration and go to latitude? Uh, have the recently go to emerald exterior and latitude. Yeah, I would say um, to me, it's it's not a date. It's a temperature, which which you probably know as well. Switching to those paints that can handle the hotter temps or the cooler temps. Uh, once it starts dipping into the 50s and doesn't get uh warmer than 50s during the day, I'd say that's probably a pretty good time uh, to start getting into those paints like that. So, okay, Pookie, you ready to paint? Can I put this on that? Yes, you can. Okay. All right, so you can put that on there. And I, so another another one of my lovely tools here is the uh, Purdy Whoa. Paint Pail. Absolutely. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of painting here because it's beautiful and Pookie really wanted to paint today. And I told her we could paint. So I'm going to warm up our our marathon and this guy and typically a brand new roller will take about three dips and rolls dips and rolls dips and rolls to be fully kind of saturated so i'm just going to warm this guy up on uh, on the bottom of the shed real quick here oh. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, you can see, still nice and fluffy. Going for the second dip. And I like to do the, uh, uh, the dip and kiss, the kiss and roll technique like this too. So whenever I roll, whether it's a nine inch, an 18 inch or something, I dip down and the second that that roller hits that paint, I, I kiss it and move it out like that. And it rotates so that you get paint on all sides. Um, you can really tell uh, the DIYer, and this is not a value judgment, but you can tell a DIYer, a novice painter, because they just jam it in there, there's paint all over the sides, they have paint on half the roller, uh, and then it gets messy. But a pro will, will kiss and roll, kiss and roll, and then keep on moving. So, all right, one more warm up here. All right. <laughs> and last one, and then you're going to be doing this next one, Pookie. So should we pick a spot right here? Probably right here, baby. You yeah, want to do this? Yours. Yeah. So you're going to use this one, this little guy, because that one won't fit here. Okay. So. Probably. Yep. Yeah. It's just a little, little wide. So you can set that one down. All right. So. <laughs> All right. So right now we're going to. I'm doing the kiss and roll technique on there. I have this loaded up for you, and what you're going to do is you're going to apply right in the middle here. Nice, even pressure, okay? Two hands if you need it. Yep, a little less pressure. Than the, yep, you want it to roll just like that. Great job. Yep, and you want to move all the way to the left. Yep, like that. Not picking it up off the wall. Now, move it kind of to the right but while going up and down. Yep, and the technique is you don't even have to take it up. You can just go like this and kind of do this W pattern. And then when you get to this side, you see how the metal interacts there you got to flip it around so that the fuzzy end yep there you go and get it right at yes you did it. oh my god you fill it in the little grooves you're good at this that's awesome you're a good apprentice you want to do it again yeah all right let's do it kiss and roll kiss and roll kiss and roll kiss and roll you see that kiss and roll kiss and roll all right baby there you are right there Good job, yep, yep. And you see you got a little paint worm right there? Yep, you're doing, go right back, yes! Oh my God, look at that, she flips it without even being told. You're a natural baby, this is awesome. Well, I live with a painter. You live with a painter, yes you do. This isn't your first rodeo, as they say, Pookie, right? Yeah, I love it. All right, now you can do, so this is called a board and this is called a batten. You can go over the top of this batten too. Huh? You can go over the top of this batten as well too. There you go. Oh, look at that, and look at this. Without even being told, there's a nail hole that didn't properly get filled uh, when we built the shed, and she went over and she filled it with paint. That's a way to do it, and paint is an always better filler than caulking, uh, if you can, so this is awesome. You just wanna paint the rest of the shed? Can I just leave you out here? No. No? <laughs> You'll probably need some treats and some water too, huh? All right, so don't touch that one to there, because that one done. Then... Oh, you want me to do one? All right, yeah. here. How about this? It is my escapator. All right, so how about we do how about we do this? Let's have some fun. Okay. Let's put an grab me an extension pole. And let's which one you want? I got a couple of them there. This Great job, Pookie. So, so the quick connect like this. You see, some of them you can spin on like this. This one clicks on like that. Pull like this. And now, oh look it. Yep. And now you got to be controlled with this. We can't let it slip out of there. Okay. Go for it, baby. Nice, even strokes, just like you did before. Look at that W technique, moving it to the right, getting in the crack. Now, without picking it up, move it to the left again. Yeah, there you go. And what happens when you get, oh, yes, Pookie. 
So good, baby. Oh, this is just so heartwarming. She's so good at painting. <laughs> Beautiful, even coverage, baby. I love it. You're filling in nail holes. You're filling in the cracks towards the end. And then you want to get the bet. You were going to do it anyway. I didn't even need to remind you. Look at that. Fill it in the nail holes. Pookie. Oh, you are really good at this. All right, sister. You are good. All right. Let's let me move this out of the way so we don't kick it over. All right, baby. Here. Now, without smudging yourself on your paintwork here, let's do our little outro here. So, um, <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, number one, thank you to our friends at Purdy. Uh, Purdy, we have only been a Purdy company uh, in the history of my company. Um, I just, uh, typical, typical theory, people always ask me all the time, Nick, what kind of tools do you use? Do you track all your sundries? What should we use in this and that? And I'll say, you know what? Here's my philosophy. This is a very humanistic painting business. Uh, this is a very humanistic business. Get the best stuff and move on with your life. That's what I do. Uh, if you get a good vendor, if you get a good tool, you don't have to think about it. And this is gonna, uh, on its outset, maybe not sound like a compliment, but I would argue it's the highest compliment, which is for the vendors that treat us the best, for the tools that treat us the best, there's something that we don't think about a lot. Uh, we do careful consideration and testing. We pick the best stuff and then we just use it. And then that frees up our headspace so we can deal with our people. We win with people, but we also have to set that chessboard up correctly with premium tools, premium products, and things like that. So highest compliment I can give people is we buy premium brushes, we buy premium rollers, we buy premium tools, and then we never have to worry if they're going to work or not. And of all the things, of all the things to consider, of all the things to consider in a little bit, baby, of all the things to consider uh, when we have this painting business, um, premium painting tools isn't one that you have to waste headspace on. Get the best stuff, get it in your company, and support your people in the best way. I also want to thank the Painting Contractors Association, the PCA, 140-year-old nonprofit that builds better contractors. Just like Purdy supports us with the best tools on the planet, the PCA supports you with the best education and camaraderie. You don't need to do this alone. This is a very, very lonely sort of craft. It's a very lonely pursuit uh, being a business owner, not just a trades business owner. But uh, you don't have to do it alone. I'm here for you. The rest of the PCA here is for you. And the entire Purdy community uh, is there for you as well. There's tons of events going on uh, in the near future. Uh, there's tons of education. And uh, you have any last words, any advice for the painters or the paint business owners out there? No. No. I love you, baby. I love right. you too, Dad. All right, everybody. Have a good rest of the Sunday. And we know what means uh, the most to all this stuff. We're taking care of our people. We're taking care of our families. Paint businesses are nothing more than little freedom machines. So we can love our jobs. We can support our families, support our people, and uh, do what we need to do and gain time and money freedom. So, all right, everybody. Happy Sunday. Enjoy your families. Get out there and take care of your clients this next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.